Hey everyone, it's Andrew here. So just to let you know that on this episode, we have a very exciting giveaway. So um, to celebrate uh, the fact that we've got Darlene Vogel on this episode and Back to the Future, we have found in our studio, we have found some of these amazing prints that James White, uh, Signal Noise, who was on episode 11 of the show, designed for us as part of our Back to the Future themed studio launch party. So if you're, if you're listening and not watching, um, we've got these A3 prints. Um, James designed this really cool, awesome kind of Nintendo power glove. Um, it's printed on a beautiful stock and it's got some foil um, foil on there as well. It's nice and shiny. It doesn't come in these frames. We will send it rolled up in, um, in the post to you and we'll also include some other goodies. Now, to get your hands on one of these little beauties, all you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. Um, write us a review and what we'll do is if you then send us a message on Instagram just to let us know that you've done that, we will pick 10 people out randomly and we will send you uh, one of these posters and some goodies along with it. All right. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Speak soon. So, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of Just a Chat With. I'm Andrew Dobby. If this is your first listen, Just a Chat With is a podcast series where we talk about brand creativity with the world's best in class. In the last episode, we sat down with David Martin, who is the president and founder of Fantasy Interactive, with offices in New York, San Francisco, Miami, and London. David has and his team have worked with some of the world's biggest brands, including Netflix, Google, Facebook, Huawei, and many more. David now also works in his creative capacity uh, directly with CEOs at Alphabet, Tesla, and Huawei. He also told us about he, how he used to fly himself to work every day or ride a jet ski across San Francisco Bay. Anyway, there were some amazing insights from David and plenty of great stories about building his creative business. Before that, we had digital artist Ben Radcliffe, who told us about working on Shrek 2, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, The Martian, and loads more. If you're a big CG nerd like me, definitely go back and check that one out. We've also had Design Matters podcast host, Debbie Millman, world-renowned designer, Michael Wolfe, and also brand author, Marty Neumeyer, Noah Klokek from Pixar, and loads more. Today, though, I'm very, very excited as we're here with none other than, than Darlene Vogel, who is the actress well-known for her very first role as Spike, a member of Griff's hoverboard gang in the movie Back to the Future 2. Darlene got her start in New York City and has landed over 100 national commercials, including the Milk Does a Body Good campaign. Darlene has been acting for over 35 years and has done numerous guest stars and pilot work. She landed the series Pacific Blue in 1995, working on 88 episodes, playing Officer Chris Kelly. She also played Melanie McKeever in the One Life to Live soap opera. Darlene has recently released three thriller movies, including The Spear Spearhead Effect, Ex Extracurricular Activities, and Day 13. She also had a few starring roles in movies made for a lifetime television, including Smuggling in Suburbia, Dirty Teacher, and Walking the Halls. She also made guest appearances on Full House, Northern Exposure, Boy Meets World, and CSI. Currently living just one mile from the beach, lucky you, in sunny Monica, Santa Monica, California, with her two children, Owen and Audrey, Darlene is an avid dog rescuer with three dogs, one cat, and three beardy dragons. Welcome, Darlene. Thanks so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Andrew. I'm intrigued about the beardy dragons now. <laughs> you mentioned like the dogs were off screen and the cats. Where are those? <laughs> I know. The bearded dragons are off in the backyard in a bearded dragon house, okay. um, uh, it, which is a, a, and also a funny story because um, Animal Planet has a show called Animal Cribs, and they came to my house and built me this massive uh, structure in the backyard wow. for the bearded dragons. I mean, they are back there in cages, but it's also a she shed kind of for me. So yeah. I go back there with my computer and I have my rowing machine in there. And so it's kind of 
for me, it's when those dragons go, it's like all mine. <laughs> wow, that sounds awesome. So how, how have things been for you the last few weeks, the last couple of months? Uh, you know, the world has seemed to have turned upside down a little bit in the last while. Yeah, it has. I mean, I was in New York um, March 10th. And um, I unfortunately had to go to a funeral to one of my very dear friends, and I wasn't going to let COVID not let me go. So I went and it was before New York even shut down and before we shut down. And, you know, we were in crowded restaurants. And um, Mm -hmm. even at the funeral, I made sure that no one hugged or anything like that. And on the way home, I wore a mask like the next day Mm -hmm. was everything shut down and I flew home you know, uh, the kids were here and we just locked down and it was basically kind of peaceful the way I look at it, because Mm -hmm. I am always rushing to bring to soccer games and practices and, and picking up from school and, you know, just everything. So it was a moment for all of us just to chill and just reflect and just chill out you know yeah, so yeah. basically what we've been doing those first couple months but also i took the opportunity of doing some renovations on my house so i was like well these guys aren't working let me employ them so that's all i've been doing since march 15th i have to say is renovations on my house so um i told the guys to quiet a little bit but yeah, 45 that- minutes but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think that's the same everywhere. I've done I've done the same. I've been working in my garden, but also I, I like you. I loved the chance to stop and reset. And you know, someone said to me, "It's much like Mother Nature has sent us all to our rooms for being naughty." You know, and you know, and and I think it's really nice. You know, the, the same way as you said, getting time with your family, getting time to kind of stop and reset and think a little bit, isn't it? Well, it's actually funny because with my kids, they just go right to their rooms and one's on a game. He plays playing FIFA and, you know, all his video games. And my other daughter's like YouTubing and not YouTube. Well, yeah, YouTubing and also yeah. like FaceTiming all her friends. So that's their social connection. And so like I go, geez, this pandemic didn't bring us together. It brought us separate. <laughs> Everyone's in the wrong room. So you got time with you got time with your bearded dragons, is what you're saying. I got time with the dragons. I got time with the dogs, with the cat, the whole thing. It was I was loving it. I was just loving it. Yeah. Oh, great, great. And and have you been have you been able to work in, in any capacity, you know, during this process or you no. know, how's that? No, there hasn't. I mean, there's been a couple auditions here and there that so now we have to self tape. So everyone has to learn how to, you know, we get a ring light and we get the proper mics or a place to, you know, to put the self tape on and submit them and stuff. But it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I did one job. uh, It was a print job for some uh, skincare company. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was very different, you know, everyone had their masks on and, and, you know, walk in the room photographers like six feet away from me. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so it was kind of different, but, um, I'm, I don't mind the mask. I'm like, wear a mask. I mean, at least we won't have a flu season if everyone yeah. wears a mask and washes their hands. So yeah, it's, it's quite an easy um, thing to do, isn't it? It's quite, quite an easy yeah. thing if, it, if it's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been doing more of these. I've been doing interviews, mm. um, and some zoom calls with people. So it's, it's actually been okay. And, you know, work-wise for me, it's been slowing down the last year anyway, because Mm -hmm. as a woman gets older, you know, we kind of get put out to pasture a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the mom of a teenager, they want like 35 to 43. And I'm like, well, I'm way beyond that. So Mm -hmm. um, but I just need to get older. I need to get like (laughs) 70. Is that where you need to get to to get the next roles, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, you know, because I'm kind of in a weird age right now. So um, it's all good. It's all, I've had a really great career. I've had, yeah. you know, I really have. I mean, out of all my friends that we all started together, I was the only one that stuck it out and still work. You know, they're always like, you're still working. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I still am. Yeah, and do you, and you still love it? Do you still do you still enjoy enjoy doing it, getting up and doing it? Yeah, I do. I mean, I I really enjoy it when I have a lot of work to do on the show. Like if I'm doing these lifetime movies, usually I'm the lead and I play the mom of a daughter who's dying, dead, or missing, or in trouble. And so <laughs> that way, I'm working every day and I'm working all day. So I hate sitting in a trailer for hours. Mm-hmm. And waiting to go up that's that's the one thing i can't stand about this 
you know, the whole acting life is the weight. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah. And so like I suppose going back to you know when you began you know your career how, how did you get started did you always think that that this is where you would end up and this is what you'd be doing no well it's funny you know and I was young I was like you know in my when I was like 9 10 11 I used to be in the bathroom and take like shampoo bottles and and anything I could get my hands on and read the back and then do a commercial in the mirror <laughs> it was so weird and not knowing that that's what I was going to do one day and I went to um, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York to do marketing and cosmetics and fragrances. And <clears throat> I actually ran out of money and I couldn't continue to go to college. And uh, I just wanted to be in New York City. So it was an, yeah. it was an escape for me from Connecticut um, to go into New York. And I just loved that city. And um, <clears throat> there was a friend of mine on, on the floor, on my, on my floor in my dorm. And he said, well, you want to try modeling? And I was like, sure, I'll try anything right now. So he had a connection and, and I got into modeling, doing like showroom work and fit mm -hmm. model, you know, trying on clothes all day long and trade shows and stuff. And then after that, I got a better agent and started doing catalog work and junior catalog work. And then after that, I ended up uh, doing, starting doing commercials. And then a manager, his name is Bob McGowan. He's the one that, he was Julia Roberts' manager at the time. He discovered me on a Crystal Light commercial. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, he signed me on. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to be an actress now. I mean, <laughs> I and was, really, it, was it challenging to get work or was it easy? Was it, you know, were you kind of oh, hand to mouth yeah. or was it, you know, or, or did you find it much easier than that? In New York in the 80s, it mm -hmm. was very easy for me to get work. I booked, not acting wise yet, but because there wasn't a lot of shows in New York. There were soap yeah. operas, you know, and I did little dabbles in that. And there was the equalizer, which is what I, I was actually my first job. It was a very small role. And, mm -hmm. um, there wasn't much going on in New York as far as theatrically, but commercials were huge. And I booked all the time. Like my friend would say, Oh God, when you came into the room, we were like, all right, let's just go home. <laughs> but um, I was the look back then. I don't know. And I just booked all these commercials and it was a really, you know, good living. It was great. And then um, I decided um, I followed a boyfriend at the time out to LA Mm -hmm. And I hated it at first, but I was going out for pilot seasons and I was testing and testing and testing. And then I would go back to New York because I didn't like LA. And then I'd come back again. And my first TV show I booked was Charles in Charge with Scott Bayo. Mm -hmm, and I, mm -hmm. I did a guest star on that. And so then I was like, okay, well, this is fun. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of just stepped into it all. It was yeah. never my lifelong dream. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just did it. And yeah. I was very lucky. You got to be yeah. lucky in this point. You just yeah, have that to way. be lucky. Yeah. yeah. And was there, was there anyone that you were aspiring to be? Or was there anyone that mentored you and coached you and kind of took you under your wing? No. I mean, no. I took acting classes. I, I hated scene study. I hated working with another art actor in these scene studies. I hated going on stage and doing these things. I mean... I, I just hated acting classes. I really did. And um, I loved Meryl Streep, of course, but I know I'll never be a Meryl Streep. I mean, I was, you know, there's certain actors out there that are just like Meryl Streep. And there's certain actors out there that just do their thing. Yeah. And um, I really did a lot of comedy, you know, in my mm -hmm. 20s, a lot of comedy work. But as you get older, you're always cast in drama and you're always crying. So, I mean, like when I got older, all I was doing was crying all the time. So, um, and I'm good so at that. So you cry on demand now? Are yeah, you, are, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can totally cry. I mean, it was I, when I, I feel like I should ask you to cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, not do it. I'll not do it. I'll not do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so so for for our listeners that are listening, you might be wondering how we we ended up talking, and you know it's quite a funny story because um, I have a friend Jack, um, he's called Jack Proctor, right? And he, I think he is one of the biggest Back to the Future fanboys ever, right? Um, he's a friend of mine, and um, recently, uh, a few months ago, we had a, a studio relaunch. So so we, I run a a branding studio called Made Brave. And we had a okay. relaunch party and we're big Back to the Future fans. So we themed the party Back to the Future. 
And Jack sent me a message, and I didn't know he was like the ultimate Back to the Future fan. And he said, I've got like loads of Back to the Future like props and memorabilia. Do you want to borrow some for the for the party? And as I said, yeah, I'd love to. So I said, why don't you come around to the studio next week and, you know, come along? And he came and he brought your actual hoverboard. So one of the props that you had from the film. Wow. Yeah, he brought that. So he so we he has that in his possession. And um he brought he had the kind of Nike shoes, he had he had Biff's um bat, he had you know, he's got like so much and um we literally filled and I was so scared because we had a party and Scottish people like to drink a lot. <laughs> and I, I you know, I had ropes around this stuff and I was thinking, you know, people are going to fall into this and you know, this is going to be a disaster. But or they I might think, take them and you know, not realize that they're yeah exactly and and i think this i can't remember exactly but i think this hoverboard is now worth you know thirty thousand pounds or or thereabouts now so it's you know so um i'll, I'll need to send you a picture but um yeah. so yeah i suppose so so for those listening you know one of your roles uh, uh, you know you you're known as you know spike from back to the future too um and you know, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Uh, Jack's a really big Back to the Future fan. Hi, so Jack. He, he's he's <laughs> delighted about this. So he sent me all sorts of questions. Um, so so how did okay. that role come about, Darlene? How did you how did you get involved there? So I just happened to walk into my agent's office, and he was like, "Hey, Darlene, how young do you think you could play?" And I was like, "I don't know. I mean, I don't know why." And he's like, "Well, just go in for this meeting." So I was like, "Okay," and they didn't tell us what it was. And I went in to meet the casting director, and we I just sat across the table from her, and she was asking me all these questions, and she was asking me because I had plays I, that I had done some theater on my resume, which was really an acting class that really wasn't real plays, mm-hmm. and you know, because a lot of actors in the beginning lie on their resume because. <laughs> you have nothing to put on there and um <clears throat> so she was like oh who did you do fool for love with and i just blanked i was like uh, and i sh- i could have said anybody i could have said any of my friends that were like grant show you know i know grant yeah. and i was like grant show but i couldn't think of anybody i go oh god i don't know i can't remember his name god i'm blanking but uh, you have to always be prepared and i was yeah, not yeah. prepared i mean i've never done this kind of interview before so we just talked and stuff, and I don't even remember what she actually asked me. And then I left, and then uh, I didn't hear anything. And I was like, okay. Then a month goes by, she brings us me back in again. Mm-hmm. And I believe the second one was to meet Ricky and Jason, and then we just had to improv. Yeah. And um, and they were like, oh, you just got to be tough. I'm tough. I mean, I'm, I might not look tough, but I mean, I can play tough like that. And um, yeah. And so we just like this, you know, we're just sparring and we just have fun, you know? Yeah. And then we walked out of there like, what was that? I mean, what are we doing? We have no idea. <laughs> and then a month later is when we found out we had it. And it was mm-hmm. supposed to be a two week job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we show up and we had to go practice on the hoverboards with the stunt people. We had to, um, I had to get fit for this prosthetic. I also, um, my eye is naturally half brown and half blue, kind of mm. like a Siberian husky. And uh, um, they got the idea of putting the red contact in my eyes. Say, hey, that would be a good idea to have Spike have different color eyes. So I had to wear this get fitted for a contact. And, and then they had to take my fringe, my bangs, and um, bleach them really white. And, you know, just a little bit of things here to do. And I, was, I still didn't know the enormity of this role at all. And yeah. I know I had one line and that was So had you, had you seen Back to the Future 1? Had you had any idea of that or? I guess I did. I don't even remember. I mean, yeah. I was not, I, it's, I, was, I wasn't like a huge fan and, and yeah. I wasn't like, oh my God, it's Back to the Future, you know? Mm-hmm. Until we were on set and working with Michael and the crew and Tom and we're just like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. You know, this mm-hmm. is like, this is going to be a huge movie, you know, and it was my first movie, a blockbuster yeah. movie. And here I'm being served like, you know, surf and turf for lunch, you know, and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. And I thought all sets were like this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, this is it. And Robert Zemeckis was so great. But Michael was so sweet, so down to earth. We used to, you know, hang out in his trailer on Fridays and drink mm-hmm. margaritas. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we just, but we sounds hung tough. out. A, sounds a really tough. So it sounds like tough work that yeah, was Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> real tough work. 
<laughs> I mean, it, this job lasted two months. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you we, said it was planned for two weeks. What, what was the change yeah. that, that, that we happened there? We were booked for two weeks, and then they go, oh, we need you another new week. We need you another week. We need you another week. And we sat around a lot because mm. at the time, they had that special effects camera that did the split vision to show mm. Michael Young and this and that. You know, it was a big deal back then, what they were doing. All this stuff in this movie was a big deal, all the special effects. Mm. We was that, like was the first time that, that effect had ever been done? Was that, you yeah. know, that sort of, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, it was the first time yeah. they ever used this camera. And um, so the lighting was a big deal because, you know, they didn't know how to really light for this camera. I just remember point. all that, that sometimes it would take four hours to light a shot. And so we'd be sitting, you know, a lot of, that's what you're usually waiting around for is the lighting, you know, cause you yeah. want it to be so good. Um, but you know, we'd be sitting around all day long and, and sometimes we didn't work until like five o'clock the end of the day, but that's how Ricky and Jason and I got so close, you know, we yeah. just had such a great time together. Yeah. I, I, and I suppose you're one of a very uh, elite few of people in the world that can say that they've been on an actual hoverboard. <laughs> so yeah. How how did the how did how did that affect how did they how did they make that effect how how was it filmed shot what you know what what was involved in that? Well, we were we had harnesses around yeah. our waist and um, that led up to wiring and onto a crane. Mm-hmm. And so when we were practicing, you know, they lift us up and you know swing us around, and that was the best part. I mean, we had so much fun on those hoverboards, and you had to make sure you had one, you know one wire in front one wire behind you and just stay steady and Mm -hmm. stuff you don't like you know i mean nothing was going to happen at that point but um but yeah i mean that was the best part but that was we didn't shoot that until month two the first month was all in the cafe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it took one month for the cafe and the second month for the hoverboards and when we got on the hoverboards we were like yeah we're going (laughs) on the hoverboards you know and we just hang out with tom and and songs and just you know and I used to hang out with all the background people too and just all chat you know when you're on a film set you're just chatting with everybody and and getting to know everybody so yeah yeah have, so have you seen Tom Wilson's he's got some stand-up hasn't he he, he does a great back yeah, to the future song have you, have you ever seen the song that he does I don't know I know oh it's, it's good it's, it's probably as frustrating as this interview is going to be for you that people constantly ask you the same questions I would imagine over and over yeah um, yeah it, He's he's got a, a song about you know um, kind of talks through how everyone's always asking him the same questions. I'll I'll send you a link after this and oh, for, for oh, yeah. oh, anyone listening, we'll pop a link in the comments below uh, when we actually post the episode as well. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Tom since you know the premiere. I haven't seen him, so you know he was out of the whole Back to the Future thing for a long time. He never wanted to do the signings, and yeah. he kind of wanted to get away from it all. But um, you know, for us it's only been in the last like five years that people are on us about doing all this stuff. I was like, where was everybody the last 25 years? <laughs> but it, we're like, you know, people want to know what we are, you know? Cause I mean, even my friends hardly even knew that I was even in this movie. And so they're like, wait a minute, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to France to do something for back to the future. I'm going here for back to the future. I'm like the movie from 30 years ago. I'm like, yeah, the fans yeah. are incredible. They're just, it's, so, um, I mean, we could get to that later about the fans, but um, if you want to go back to the the movie, you want to do yeah. that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy so, to flow. It's like, it's, it's, I think it's so nice that there's a kind of a momentum with iconic okay. films, isn't there? That, that, that they take yeah. time to build and build and build. And I think Back to the Future is one of those ones, even if you watch it now, it feels like it just came out, doesn't it? Exactly. I mean, like I was watching, you know, for the first time, the series Pacific Blue that I was on for five years. And I, I said, you know, I'm going to watch that. I haven't watched it since it aired. And it just looks so old, you know, mm-hmm. and then my daughter walks in. She goes, what are you watching? <laughs> so old. <laughs> Back to the future. Yeah. There's so many things, especially, you know, in the first two that well, especially in Back to the Future 2, that actually did kind of come true. Mm-hmm. And and just and even the whole thing with Biff, with you know, him playing like when he what is he the mayor of the town or he runs the <laughs> Hill Valley and he looks like Donald Trump and it's everything's so chaotic. <laughs> and I'm like I mean, I know that was two thousand fifteen, but uh-huh. 
I know. It's I was like talking. It, to it was like they actually predicted the future. It's like the car crash of everything going wrong, and and him with the hair and the kind of yes, it's weird, <laughs> you know. And and his and and his um palace, you know, his casino or whatever, it's all gold and everything. And Donald <laughs> Trump, you know, everything about him is gold and gaudy. And I'm just like, <clears throat> Bob Gale is a genius. I mean, he's just a genius. The things yeah. that he thought about. I mean, we don't have flying cars, but we do have kind of hoverboards. We're, you know, we're getting there. Yeah, the, we've got like one wheels. You know, we've got. I've got one of those one wheels. It's like one wheel in the yeah. middle. It's like a hoverboard. And yeah, yeah the, the cars are coming. <laughs> we've got, yeah, they must be exactly. And then, um, yeah, the hoverboard. My my kids has those hoverboards that you just. I mean, I I'm not getting on one because I'll fall over. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, they have those. But and even the cars that were in the the movie i mean the delorean is timeless oh it's timeless I mean, now isn't it yeah. way ahead of its time but i mean but i mean it's just to have a delorean now would be even look even still look futuristic you know yeah no exactly exactly and, and, and i suppose when you were when you were in the film did you get to keep any of the props did you get did you were you well, did you have the foresight to hold on to anything well i had the life cycle that was in the cafe uh-huh. I don't remember when they're in the cafe and there's a girl riding on the life cycle and, and Diff goes, keep pedaling. <laughs> and, um, and she's like this, well, I got the life cycle. And wow. then I had it and I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? You know, not realizing that you should always keep props. Yeah. And so I gave it to a friend of mine. She's like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> so just like, just like a year ago, I think I said, oh my God, Regina, do you have that life cycle? She goes, oh no, I got rid of that a long time ago. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that was your pension. You just gave away your pension. No, I was so stupid. I mean, I didn't think about stuff back then. You know, you just, no, I have nothing from that movie. I mean, I would even love to have my costume. I mean, yeah. I know people make, you know, cosplay people, and my niece actually made a replica of my costume. She wore it for Halloween. But I was like, you know, I'm not that creative. So. But yeah. I mean, it's such a great costume by Joanna Johnson. She had such a great vision, you know, with the bullets and the claws and the spike and the, <sighs> you know, just the, the, the boobs and, <laughs> you know, the Catholic little girl skirt with the, you know, it just was so fun. I loved getting dressed in that outfit every day. I felt like so tough. <laughs> yeah, and and there's cause you see it in cosplay all the time. You know when you yeah. when you search your name online now, you know your, your images. There's thousands of people. Do, does it weird you out, or does it does it make you proud? You know what yeah, what do you awesome. when you see it? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm always like, look at you. You look so awesome. I love it. I mean, I'm just like that was me. I played that. I mean, I wish they'd come out with a Lego. I wanted them to come out with Legos of our characters because I, and why wouldn't they? I mean. You know, it's I thought such the, an iconic. Was, I'm sure I've seen a Back to the Future Lego. I'm sure yeah, there is a prototype, but they didn't actually come out with them. Ah, there, there's definitely a, pl- a Playmobil. I don't know if you get Playmobil in in, in oh. the states, but Playmobil they recently yeah. launched little characters, little Back to the Future ones, and a little DeLorean. Are we in it? I need to check. Someone I, I saw it on Facebook the other day. I saw it pop up and flash past me. Um, but there's definitely a Playmobil, so you need to go check that out. Oh, yeah, because how cool would that be? Like the hoverboard gang, you fly them around. I mean, like I played with Barbies all my life when I was, I mean, until I was like, what, yeah. 10, 11 or 12. And how fun would that be to have even little Barbie dolls of us? You know, I mean, oh, I don't understand so why they do that. Yeah, because kids would love that. I mean, I've met so many kids that are fans of this movie. And so this, from generation to generation, this movie will live, you know, yeah, because yeah. you have even the younger kids don't find it corny. They're like, mm-hmm. this is the best movie ever. And I'm like, wow, that's yeah. awesome. I love that you love it. Yeah, my son's my son's nine. I think I sat him down when he was six or seven. I was like, okay, we're going to spend the whole day. We're doing Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> and and then we're going on to Terminator, Total Recall, <laughs> all, the, all the classics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, you know, it's, well, the day that we shot my infamous Got No Scrope thing, you know, I was like, finally, you know, I am going to do my one line. And um, I don't know if you know this story, because I've said it a, a few times that, um, you know, we're ready to do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to speak finally. And I was so nervous, it's like my first movie. And, and so I, I could even hear it in my voice when I say that line that I was a little choked up. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I walk up to Michael and I'm like, what's wrong, McFly? You got no scrope? 
And he happened to have one of those cafe ketchup bottles in his pants. And, and I'm like, that's a bottle. And I'm like, because the crew knew, but yeah. I didn't. And so then I didn't break character because I didn't know if I could. Like, you know, I was yeah, like, yeah. can I stop? Can I laugh? Can I do anything? And I didn't know about blooper reels back then. And um, so I went through it. And then we were all laughing. I was like, oh, yeah, you wish, Michael. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny that he did that. It was really cute. I think that was just like to break the ice. You yeah. Know? Like, because, you know, he was just so kind that way. What's yeah. really funny is I did um, my first actually my first movie but I was hired as a extra because I was a model back then and so they hired all these models was in bright lights big city mm-hmm. and Michael is in that movie with Kiefer Sutherland and um so it's funny because I said Michael I go I actually kind of worked with you already on bright lights big city and um I played Kiefer Sutherland's date Inga I think my name was yeah mm-hmm. they, they they upgraded me from extra to silent bit <laughs> so I was like oh okay cool but yeah, it was funny. My little uh, six degrees of separation there, or one degree. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Um, I, I, and do, I, do you keep in touch with any of the other actors, actresses from the film? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Ricky and I talk all the time. Um, we're very close, and I love his wife, Tammy, and his kids. I actually set his daughter up with my friend's son. I mean, I kind of connected them because they're both artists. And yeah. they started following each other on Instagram, and now they're boyfriend and girlfriend of like four years. Mm. And he has one of my beard, two of my bearded dragon babies. <laughs> 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 and then Jason, you know, he moved off to Singapore for a long time in Hawaii, but mm-hmm. now I think he's back in San Diego. So the first time I saw him was at the reunion um, that we had, what, five years ago, I guess that was. We had a big Back to the Future reunion thing. So I finally saw him then, and he's great to see. And um, no one else. Well, actually, what am I saying? So back in December, I was in New York, and I ran into Michael. I saw him walking out of my one of my restaurants that I go to mm-hmm. with his wife. And I noticed her first. I was like, oh, that looks like Michael's wife, Tracy. And I went, oh, it's Michael. My friend's like, you have to say hi. And I'm like, oh, should I? It's just, you have to say hi. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to remember me, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so I, you know, I walked out and he was standing there. And I hate, I hate doing that. I don't walk up to celebrities. I don't walk up to people like that. But um, yeah. I said, hi. And at first, you know, Tracy's like, oh, God, who's this coming up to? <laughs> you know? I'm like, hi. I said, hi, Tracy. Hi, Mike. I go, I'm Darlene. I played Spike in Back to the Future. And they're like, oh, my God. You know, so. <laughs> And, and, you know, and so we were talking, I just said, I can't believe that after 30 something years, we're still promoting this movie and it's been so great. And I went off to France and she's like, France, how come we're not going to France? We're going to Pennsylvania. <laughs> and um, so we were just talking a little bit. So it was so great to see him and say hello. And he was so kind and she was kind as well. So I'm glad yeah. I, I took that moment. I'm glad you did yeah. as well. I'm glad you yeah. did as well. He seems yeah. like, he seems like a genuinely nice person, doesn't he? Oh, Michael and you, and you obviously know. Absolutely, yeah. Both him and Tom. Tom was great to work with too. Everyone was. I mean, Bob Zemeckis was brilliant. I mean, every it was just such a great experience for my first movie, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was talking to my friend Neb. He's a magician, right? And uh-huh. he strange name Neb. I know it's a it's kind of a nickname yeah. that's as a name. Um, and he said when he was eight year old, eight years old, he saw Back to the Futures. Uh, Back to the Future, sorry. Um, and he decided to make a hoverboard by nailing a pair of shoes to a skateboard without wheels. Uh, now, <laughs> what's what's the weirdest thing that 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 that's happened to you? You met lots of people. There must be some weird stories of of fans or people that have just gone really far with this stuff. You know what? It's funny at these signings that I do, they come up with a lot of the, you know, DeLorean. Can you, are there, they make their own little tiny little replicas of things. I, nothing has been weird. I think it's, <laughs> I, I, you know, really, I mean, soap opera fans are a little weird, but back to future fans are pretty cool. <laughs> Um, they came up, they're so uh, inventive with all yeah. these things that they would come up with and they make me pins and, mm-hmm. and whatever, but no, there's nothing been weird. It's just been very creative and innovative. The things yeah. that they've had me sign and even pinball machines and, you know, just 
yeah, great stuff. I mean, they seem to be a, a good loyal tribe, the, the Back loyal. to the Future fans. Yeah, loyal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely loyal fans. Yeah, and they're so thankful. They're so they have such gratitude that like, oh my God, I grew up with you, and you know, you were the first movie that I love. You know, all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Like, I yeah. just feel. I was like, wow, this is great. I just, yeah, there's nothing else to say about that. It's just how amazing it is. And, you know, that for this long of time, that it just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is, is it's been one part of your life and there's, you've done so many other roles. Is there, is there you know, is there a specific role that's been your favorite? That there's something that if you can go back and do it again, that's the one you would pick or... I mean, of course, Back to the Future was my, you know, the biggest memory because it was my first film and it was such an iconic film and I loved because she was tough and everything. But, um, you know, of course, you know, Pacific Blue, I played another tough character. For, um, hi! Fanny, you come to say hi? This is, this is Darlene. She played hi. Spike in Biff's Hoverboard Gang in Back to the Future. You oh, you can't hear her because you're on my headphone. Oh, right, oh, right. You yeah. want to say hello? Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Are you, are you in, oh no, you're not in school right now because it's late there in England. My kids are in their rooms in school right now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Just, you just finished school, you're back from school. You just, you're coming to get me to get dinner, oh, I think, you aren't you? Into school? Are I they finished in school, school right three hours ago. Uh, were you in school or do you have school at home? Oh, in uh, school. Yeah, they're back at school oh. now. Aren't you? Oh, you're lucky. You get to hang out with your friends. We're not in school yet here in America. I'm in California. Are you going to come visit me someday? Are you going to go visit Darlene? Mm-hmm. Wait, what was your hardest movie that you made? <laughs> the hardest movie I made? Um, let me see. Maybe it was ski school because it was really freezing. I shot that on a glacier in, in uh, Canada. So maybe that. Mm. But my favorite movie was Back to the Future 2. That was my favorite. Back to the Future. She's got a hoverboard. On... She was on a hoverboard. I was flying all uh -huh. over the town. Wait, how did you get it to go in the air? <laughs> well... So we were, we had, um, well, it's really, it's kind of magic though. You know, we had a little magic going on, but I don't know if I really want to tell him how. <laughs> I don't want to like ruin the magic. <laughs> He's rolling his eyes there. <laughs> yeah, do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? Yeah. So we had a harness belt around our waist and they were connected to like very fine wires, like fishing wires. So you can't see them on camera. And they went up into a, a triangle and then it was attached to a big crane. You know how cranes like, you know, that are, you see on buildings that are building buildings, those big giant cranes. It was on a crane and he just fly us around the town. And we wow. fly. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Wait, what happened? <laughs> how did you I get? I love it. A, like, future, a future podcaster. Exactly. When you crashed into the big bank thing, what happened? Okay, so here we go. We haven't come to that part yet. Yeah. So good question. Good question. So that was actually my stunt double. So first of all, I had a different stunt double named Lisa McCullough, and she backed out of the stunt because she didn't think it was perfected yet. Okay. So Cheryl Wheeler took over, and the crane was off just like a quarter inch. So when they were flying her around to fly her into the building, she was supposed to go through the glass and like the other characters did and fall on pads mm -hmm. that were behind the glass. They were flying in since she was off a little bit. Mm -hmm. She hit the pole and you'll see it. If you pause during really slow motion during that scene, you sit how my character into the um, pole and she dropped well because yeah. they released you know they released the um, wires and the other guys fell inside onto the mat but my character fell like 14 feet onto cement oh wow so sure. yeah it kind of shows it but um, it doesn't really show her fall on the cement and that was the one and only take 
that they did of that. You know, in movies, you take hundreds of takes or, you know, dozens of takes to get, you know, it's not just one take when you see a scene in a movie. You see it over and over and over again. Well, they couldn't do it over again. So that one take, which is pretty, you know, iconic take, you know, because yeah. he's, that was the one and only, and um, it was that take. And uh, she had to have multiple surgeries after, but she ended up working again, and yeah. um, she's no longer with us, but um, do a, something, whatever happened a year ago. But, um, but yeah, she ended up working, being a stunt double afterwards. But being a stunt person is really risky. It's yeah. very tough work what these stunt doubles do. I mean, you got to give them a, a lot of credit. They take their lives, you know, I mean, a risk every single day. Yeah. Will you say thank you to Darlene? Thank you. All right. Oh, you're welcome. I didn't get your name. What's your name? Uh, Finn. Finn. Finn or Finn? F-I-N. Finn. Finn. Okay. Nice to meet you, Finn. All right. Okay, you're gonna be, I'll come down shortly. Maybe, maybe in like 10 years from now, you'll be interviewing me again. <laughs> Wait, there's lots of cameras around you. <laughs> right now, are there lots of cameras? No, like when you were filming the movie. Oh. Um, yeah, but I think there are maybe three cameras. Usually when they are filming, there's a few cameras. Yeah. Well, we'll why yeah. don't we watch Back to the Future later tonight and we can watch Darlene on it. Yeah, good idea. All right, I'm he's got good. better questions than me. <laughs> I think I think we should leave him on here and uh, just let just let you guys go for it. My kids would never do that. Never, never in a million years. I have to pay them off to talk on camera. <laughs> it just shows you that he remembered that scene, and we've not watched the we've not watched the film for a while together. That's brilliant. That's see. It, it, it goes you know, in there. It, yeah, it does. It goes, they're sponges. They remember. Well, I, I think we should keep that in because I think it, it's the nice part of uh, all working from home that we have families yeah. and we have kids. And I suppose that exactly. maybe brings us on nicely. You've got two kids. You've got Owen and Audrey. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I do. And, you know, I told them, I go, look, I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> you walk in, just like, don't make a lot of noise or whatever. But they're used to it. They're, they're so yeah. used to this stuff. But, um, yeah. And, and no. are they, do they follow in your footsteps or any of them no. interested? No. Not at all. Like when we did, I've taken them on a couple auditions, but my daughter, Audrey, is very shy and she's quiet at first yeah. until you get to know her. And then it's like, sure. you can't shut her up. And Owen is, is pretty good like that, but he's just not interested. You know, he's yeah. just like, I don't want to do it. I go, yeah, but it's going to pay like, like a commercial. I said, it's going to pay like 1500 bucks. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> When we did the, I know when we did the animal cribs episode, um, they had to be on it and they had to uh, be interviewed and they hated it, but they actually came off pretty well. I mean, yeah. they came off really well in the episode. So I was proud of them that they actually did that. But one time I had to pay Owen 50 bucks to come home from school to be in, to be interviewed early, you know, and they ended up not even using him till like five o'clock. So he didn't even have to come home early. Yeah, so and is, is, the, is the Animal Cribs episode, is that online? Can we see that? The is it? Is yeah, it... it's on Animal Planet. It's called Animal Cribs, and the episode mm -hmm. is called Dragon Den. Dragon Den. And what's funny is if you watch all those, you know, home, you know, remodeling shows, you know, you see the reaction of somebody at the end, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, you know, they're like, oh, wow. My reaction, I mean, I get very excited about things. And my reaction was like, they said, that's the biggest reaction I think we've ever had in the history of our show. Because I did not watch them make what they were. I had all my blinds closed. I had everything closed off. I would never look at what they were making in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, I was in shock. I mean, and you could see it on the episode. It's, I screamed. I was like, everyone's like, oh my God, <laughs> you really gave them a reaction. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm, I'm definitely adding that to the, the watch list to go and check yeah. that out as well. Yeah. So um, I suppose kind of outside of the kind of film world, is there, you know, what, what, do, what do you like to do separately? I know you've got the animal stuff and uh, looking after your pets, but, you know, what, what else makes you tick? You know, I love, I mean, a lot of things is the animal stuff, but I love de decor. You know, like right now I've been working so much on my house, the landscaping in the front and do it. I redid the, some of the kitchen and my bathroom and I love furniture and rugs and just all kind of decor. So I'm always working on stuff like that. Um, 
you know, mainly I'm just kind of slowing down. It seems like it's so funny. I mean, I just, I, I love um, travel. And, you know, when I went to France last year, I was like, oh my God, I haven't traveled in so long. Cause you know, when you have kids, mm-hmm. your famous line is, well, I used to do that. Oh, I used mm-hmm, to do that. Mm-hmm. I used to do that. And I used to do, you know, hiking all the time and golf. I used to play golf all the time. Yeah. And now my kids are 12 and 17. So now I have more freedom and I can mm-hmm. start doing all these things. But um, yeah, I go walking to the beach all the time with my friends. Um, I used to love to cook, but with my kids, I hate cooking now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I have food is overrated. I'm like, can I just give you a pill? Um, <laughs> one likes sh- shrimp, one likes pasta, one hates pasta, one likes And when you have two kids, it's just, it's totally different. Yeah. And and I'm like, oh God, I dread food. I dread it. Tired yeah. of the energy. So, um, Darlene, we have quite a lot of young creative people that listen to this podcast. So, people yeah. that are creative and they're trying to figure out where they end up. You know, are they going to end up, you know, in acting? Are they going to end up film? Are they going to end up as designers? Or you know, what, they don't know where. Have you got any tips for, I suppose, people right now who are looking to maybe do what you do? Um, you know, how if you could give yourself, if you go go back to kind of young Darlene and give give her some advice, is there anything that you would, um, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I always like to hear stories of how someone gets started. Um, mm-hmm. Because you want to say hi, Audrey. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, how people get started. Cause then you hear about like these actors that go, okay, you tell us about your first audition, but how did you get started? You yeah. know? And that's the tough thing because it's tough right now because now it's a totally different ball game because you have people that are influencers on Instagram and yeah. YouTube and TikTok that are becoming these huge celebrities and with you're not really showing a lot of talent, but you're showing, you know, that you have the look or the, yeah. you know, whatever to be famous. And a lot of people are famous just by being famous. So as far as acting, like a friend of mine asked me if I could help out his son. And I'm like, God, I don't know if I can, but I loved his look. It, it was very um, quirky and big red hair and that stuff like that. So I said, get some pictures taken, send them to me and I will send them to an agent that I think would really like your look. And I did. And they loved him. And I just gave him some tips of how to, you know, audition and the most important things about just hitting your mark and listening and reacting and, Mm -hmm. you know, acting to some people, you know, they think, Oh, it's easy. It's easy. It's not really that easy. I mean, you really have to know how to listen and react and um, be giving and know to hit your mark and when you're on because no one teaches you in acting class how to perform on a set what to do on a set and the angles and things like that and you know how to you know there's things that you learn along the way but um it's a very tough business especially right now because so many people in it and um you know right now during the pandemic who knows when we're going to get back to normal of filming you know, a friend of mine's shooting a film, well, prepping for a film right now, and like five people tested positive, so they got to shut it down. And there's a commercial, a friend of mine was shooting a commercial. Some of the crew got positive, they have to shut it down. So all these things you have to look at and like the insurance behind it and all that now with the pandemic. But before the pandemic, trying to get the agent, trying to get someone to see you. Um, it's just, it's very difficult. And there's a lot of talented people out there that never get seen and yeah. never, you, know, you have that talent, but you just got to keep going for it. You know, you got to be, like I always say, you got to be lucky in life. You know, you yeah. just do. Um, and, you know, as far as other things in my, in uh, the whole film business, editing and stuff, you know, you go to school and learn. And I mean, or try to intern with someone that you know that does the business. I mean, the best experience is being on set, is being working. You're not going to learn that kind of stuff in college, but it's always good to have something to fall back on because I never had anything to fall back on. I was like, wow, what am I, you know, when the years are tight, you know, you have to know that you are always going to have years of making money and making nothing, you know, and it's, you know, you have to really know that you're going into a career that has no 
um, security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, a, that's, a, that's a challenge, isn't it? And, and so, what what, what is the future? What, what does the future hold for you then, Darlene? Where, where where next? What next? I never know what's next. I mean, I never know. Uh, I could get a big audition in six months from now and be on a show. I mean, you know, you that's the beauty of this business. Yeah. You know, even with Pacific Blue, I mean, my agent didn't want me to take that series and because it was on cable. And on that time, cable wasn't that big as it is now because I was doing network pilots and getting them and just that close. And I said, you know what? I am so tired of auditioning. And this is already 13 on the air. I want to work. I just want to work and be on a yeah. set and and work. And make a steady paycheck because that's the thing about acting. You're working, then you're unemployed. You're work- yeah. you're always looking for a job in this business. Yeah. Whether you're hair, makeup, crew, whatever, always looking for a job. And if you, but the beauty of that is you're not sitting in an office every single day all yeah. day long because you know. Then that I knew I could not do because when I was modeling and doing showroom modeling, I'd be in their showroom from nine to five trying on clothes and I go, get me out of here. I knew I could not be in a stagnant job. It's like my cars. I lease them every two, three years. I get sick of them. You know, I always like change, change. And that's the beauty of acting. You always have change. Commercials. I love doing because you shoot one day, two days and you're done. Okay, I'm out. And I think that's you a know, lot of creative brains seem to like that change, don't they? The kind of day-to-day differential. Yeah. We don't like monotony. We don't like, uh, and that's another thing about it. It's kind of like the security of it, but kind of the fun of it, of not being secure. Like, okay, what's going to happen next? I don't know. <laughs> Look, Michael J. Fox was selling off every piece of his furniture because he was so broke. He was down to selling the last piece of his couch and then he got family ties. Wow. You just don't know. Yeah, I mean, you never know. your life can change in an instant. And and that's the beauty of this business. Yeah. Well, it seems like a, a great place to, to stop. So, um, you know, again, as usual with our guests, I always say it, but I could sit and talk to you for all night. And, you know, I just want to thank you again so much for taking the time out of your 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 your, your family life, your work life to, to spend the time and chat to us. Oh, are you kidding? This is more fun than that. So I'll, I could be here all day long. <laughs> you need to go and make some meals now. That's the, No. No, I already made the meals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm already good with that. Yeah, I just have another Zoom this afternoon, but that's it. So it's all good. I just got to go walk the dogs and, you know, deal with all my home stuff that I'm doing now. So deal well, with the dragons, too. Yeah, well, I'm going to go and have my dinner and I'm going to watch Back to the Future oh. 2 with Finn. And uh, we're going to watch. <laughs> I, can, I love Finn. It's adorable. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much, Darlene. And thank thanks you, to everyone Andrew. for listening. Um, if you want to support the podcast, uh, please rate on Writer's Review to help us get the word out. Uh, we publish a new episode on the last Monday of every month, nearly. Sometimes it's a day before, sometimes it's a day after. So make sure you're subscribed. Um, Darlene, thank you so much. Um, and we'll see you all next time. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, everybody.